I don't think we ever get into a space where we're feeling like upset or disagreements that go beyond the show with each other. I think the only time maybe, Ben, is when Hannah and maybe my, I as well insinuated or outright said that Batman and Bruce Wayne is suicidal and you got very... Oh, yeah. You uh, got really heard about, about that. that. Yeah, you sure oh, did. Because yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because you're wrong. This is Caroline. And this is Mike. Welcome to Interview with the Podcast. Tonight, we're talking up with the three therapists. They're in. They're ready to help us from Popcorn Psychology. <laughs> Joining us, we have Ben Stovers, Brittany Brownfield, and Hannah Espinoza. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Thanks so much for coming out and talking to us today. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Yeah. One of the things that comes through right away is that you all know each other outside of doing the podcast. It wasn't just like someone responded to an ad, want to do a psychology <laughs> podcast. So give us the background. How do you three know each other? How did you all come to meet and start the podcast? Uh, we know each other we all started working together in a private practice office where uh, i eventually became the director and hannah and Brittany were got their full licenses and were wonderful colleagues of mine and we also worked together at a uh, community mental health agency and after working together for a long time and collaborating on many cases uh we realized that we would talk about movies in the office all the time. And then The Last Jedi came out and we were so confused why everyone hated it so much. And we we're sitting here watching and going like, yes, this is what trauma looks like. This is what someone who has been through complex PTSD would act like. I don't understand why everyone hates it so much. Uh, I went home that day and like was literally standing in the shower and just had one of those <gasps> duh moments and like immediately texted Hannah and Brittany about starting a podcast. Now, is that something that you guys either individually or as a group now that you've done it for so many years now? Is this something that maybe you had thought about prior we all as friends always talked about movies if we were really impressed with how they dealt with psychological issues. And I would say, I don't think I can speak for myself. I never like really watched everything from the eyes of a therapist because we've rewatched things <laughs> that for the podcast that I used to love. And then the act of watching it through the eyes of a therapist changed how I viewed the whole movie. And so some things have been like sort of ruined for me <laughs> now that I've looked at it through the scope of the podcast. <laughs> like what give me give me one movie that's like it doesn't you just can't get through anymore because of your training batman begins i feel like i could probably watch it again but i think i'll never like bruce wayne again um <laughs> at least that iteration yes. of him i would say also um sleepless in seattle i'll probably still watch it again but it really made me realize how not well <laughs> Meg Ryan's characters in that movie. I hate to say so it. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> when you watch some rom-coms, it's hard if you watch them through a therapist's eyes. Right. So many stalkers. So creepy. <laughs> Just so many shitty things that happen on such a fucking consistent basis. It's frustrating as hell. Me and Brittany always talked about movies that we would watch together. I feel like we've always, I've always kind of done this, just talked about movies a lot in general, but I agree with Brittany. Like, it definitely wasn't something where I was watching everything through the eyes of a therapist. So when we rewatch stuff for the podcast, it can really change the way that you see a character or the way that something is being shown. I mean, we lost count, but there was um, a certain amount of films that I was like, I will never watch this movie ever again. <laughs> um, and that happened pretty consistently in the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> so that's definitely been something um, just because you feel different about the characters once we really watch it mm -hmm. from from that 
perspective. So yeah. for our listeners who haven't been able to tune into you guys yet or are just meeting you, tell us a little bit about what a typical episode looks like, what they should expect, what kind of the structure is, how do you choose topics? Ben, will you start off for us? Sure. A typical episode is usually going to be broken down by we're going to kind of go through an introduction just like any other show. And then we'll we'll get into talking about the, the main topics we see. So we'll sit down before a show and go like, okay, what are the main points? What are the things that stuck out to each of us? And then we'll lay out some topics. So we'll go like, okay, here's the things that we see. Here's like the diagnoses, the the examples of mental illness. What do we see that looks real and not real? And how would it be portrayed? And then so we kind of go through, here's the, the issues we see. Here's the, the diagnoses we think that they may represent. Here's what that looks like in real life. And then we each talk about what treatments might be helpful for those characters that we want to uh, address from each of our different specialties, which mine would be more individual and trauma-based. Hannah is a marriage and family therapist, and Brittany will come from the child therapist point of view. And then we'll talk about our final thoughts on it, whether we liked it, and Hannah will tell us if she'll ever watch it again or not. And I'll t- <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I'll probably talk about Batman to troll my hosts. <sighs> Now, now, week to week, you guys often do like theme months. Like, so you'll have you know, like the Sleep of Sale that we talked about was a, was a winner of your Valentine's Day contest, and then the most recent episode, at the time of recording, uh, I think it was Love and Basketball, uh, was like the runner up. So you have like theme months. You, you've done like Christmas themed movies and holiday themed movies. Other than that, though, how do you guys decide what you're watching week to week? Do you guys have similar tastes in movies or is it, you know, Brittany and Hannah like one kind of genre and Ben rolls his <laughs> eyes hard and strains himself? How do, how do you guys go about choosing topics well, or choosing movies every week? Well, straining definitely happens, but. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a essentially we have like this huge movie list of all the movies that people have recommended to us, all the movies that we feel like we want to do. We've broken them up kind of by category of of what we see mostly in the movie or like why we felt like we wanted to do the movie and then I kind of look at the schedule I kind of am the one who does the schedule first and then Ben and Brittany and then we kind of all agree on it and so we kind of try to go with it either I would say it either has to do with when a movie is coming out that's around something similar in the very beginning of the podcast we were doing movies that had just come out and realized that that was an issue because people hadn't seen the movie so those some of those episodes like not have hardly been listened to because the movies were too new so then we kind of scaled back and went back to just picking different movies that we wanted to do and kind of trying to connect them to like like for june we do you know lgbtq plus movies we try to do stuff for substance abuse month we've done stuff for this year we did an extra episode in february for black history month like we're just trying to kind of just go with any anything that feels like it makes sense also trying to mix up what we're talking about because trauma is as I'm sure you've realized if you've listened to more than one episode, um, that trauma comes up a lot. And so we try to kind of mix that up a little bit and also try to mix up, have a good range of the kind of people that the movies could reach, which is why we have some kid movies, we have Marvel movies, we have Star Wars movies, and we have rom-coms. Like we really try to really try to give a big range just so that different kinds of people will listen because we want to reach as many people as we can to kind of help with mental health education. So we're pretty diplomatic. I don't think there's we ever really fight <laughs> or argue too much about what movies we'd want to do. No. Um, I think Ben puts up with rom-coms <laughs> when we want to do them. But then again, like, that we talk about a lot of superheroes movies, and that's okay, too. 
But Hannah and I like those. We don't. We have a lot of overlap in our tastes. I like how you're being so careful. You're like no judgment on the on the superhero <laughs> movies. <laughs> no, because well, Hannah and I love them. Like we just watched yeah. the making of WandaVision this morning. Great! What a what an interesting uh, psychological study on old Wanda. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So such a beautiful way to represent grief and being able to reckon with that you can't stay in the world that is gone and that the cost that that has on someone's psyche to try to keep that alive and stay stay in that world and the strain that that puts on you and everyone around you it was just it was so well done i loved it so much it was just a beautiful just a beautiful way to to tell her story i thought and and we could literally probably do a whole season just and just like take each episode and and talk about it um y'all should consider it that that one would probably get lots of listens because i think there's a lot of people who don't get it they really still don't get it they're like okay i kind of understand but not really especially not the details of it all and it's an interesting approach for the show that you doesn't depend on you having a history with marvel you know the, the thing the thing i liked about wandavision was you could go appreciate that show because of the griefing because of the themes without having seen avengers age of ultron or, or anything to do with them or or endgame or how those movies go you know just a character grieving for the loss of her you know her husband so for you guys i mean especially since you guys are delving back into some older movies you must have found that the way that mental health has been treated has changed a lot over time i hope my fingers are crossed but i'm kind of curious i mean are you finding that it's being handled better are you finding that it's just different in the way that we talk about it but maybe we're no more sensitive or thoughtful about it now uh i think the answer is it depends (laughs) yeah we have mixed experiences like for instance halloween the movie halloween that has a big psychiatrist dr loomis i think and he's horrible and (laughs) um trash and then but then psycho which is even older was actually surprisingly spot on and sort of sensitive and how it approached mental health in the end, how that psychologist talks about Norman. So it's it's really always surprising what feels dated and what doesn't. We we were just talking about psycho recently as well. And so for us, like we were we were interested in how they decided to discuss it at the very end and have the psychologist mm-hmm. actually like lay it out there, especially to kind of clear up any confusion when he actually gives like the definition of transvestite and explains like that's not what Norman is. And let me explain this and let me explain that this is a different situation that he's dealing with. Like I was like, wow, they're really going right mm-hmm. to the audience and being like, we know what you're thinking <laughs> and we're going to help dispel yeah. some of the the doubts or confusing thoughts you're having. Yeah, and especially in this, you know, the era in which that came out, in which terms like transvestite would have been actually considered a medical term at that time. And also it could have been so easy to say, like, he's a crazy crossdresser who pretends that he's his mom. You know what I mean? It could have been easy to to use that community as like um, as a place of blame of like, look how weird and kooky this person is. And it was yeah, surprisingly sensitive. Uh, ben, I, I, I was listening to Cruel Intentions. I think it was Cruel Intentions. And uh, you guys started talking about the therapist in that movie. And, and you erupted a little bit on the, about how bad therapists are so often portrayed in movies uh, <laughs> and, and, and how irresponsible they often are. And it, it got me thinking. So by, by trade, just some background about me, by trade, I'm a corporate lawyer. Lawyers are never portrayed well in movies. But often, I agree with that. Lawyers are horrible, and 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 as as a profession and a breed, they are not good. I dislike them more than most. So I don't really have that problem. I I, I find myself nodding a lot at movies. You know, like I watch like John Grisham's The Firm and be like, "Yep, 
Yeah, that's that's the kind of shit that happens. And, you know, they go down to the Caymans and they kill people, you know, Uh, therapists, though, I'm curious, as three therapists talking about movies, does it make you feel like you have maybe a responsibility to point out the irresponsibility and how movies portray that, uh, you know, on behalf of the profession and and the, the trade and the the medicine behind it all? Yes, yes. I mean, I'm sure if you listen to any of the episodes like on Step Brothers or uh, many that where this is a passion of mine because it drives me bananas, especially being a male therapist. It really trips and triggers for me because like I do not have any interest whatsoever in sleeping with my clients ever, 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 because <laughs> always happens ben it's such I a temptation know. clearly obviously ben when you take off your glasses we all know it's about to happen buddy exactly when you whip know, them right, off when, like when, like real slow and look at them they're like oh great not you again sit on the corner of your desk and put your leg up you know and, and, oh and, 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 and spread. we know what's happening ben come I mean, on i've seen that's movies right. you, you know i mean like like all my clients know that, that when they come in we're about to go right to bone town yeah that's it's just oh. it's terrible I, it drives me nuts like the power dynamic in a therapy relationship it's so delicate their people are coming to you for help and they're divulging their deepest darkest fears and secrets especially with what i do which is trauma like we are talking about the hardest moments of your life but the last thing you want to do is is ever relive and like when movies show all of this happening and then all of a sudden like clothes start coming off all of a sudden it's a romantic relationship and it's just sitting there like no no ever we don't do that it's not okay because it's it's just and i think the idea that they don't think that we won't know like girl on a train is one and you the show you is another one where they act like if a patient or a client like we we know that we're gonna every once in a while have a client who is gonna be provocative and the idea that they don't think as a therapist in these movies that we won't anticipate that and or know how to examples it's like a female client and a male clinician they and those female clients you know are being provocative towards male clinicians and they feed into it and then they start sleeping together it's the idea that we wouldn't anticipate that as clinicians as a defense mechanism that sometimes clients use not very often obviously but that is something we are mindful of as a way that clients can kind of come, sometimes can come into treatment and not really want to surrender to treatment. It's weird in those, in those movies and TV shows when the therapist acts like, I didn't see this, like, what's happening? I don't know what to do. And now that they're, you're doing it, I can't fight it. It's like, come on. And your first, my first class in grad school was about ethics. And the first, one of the like second or third topics we talked about is these are some of the things that a client might do that would be more provocative and kind of talked about what, what would you do in this scenario? So, I mean, it's definitely something, I think what, I think that the part that is really gets under my skin is that because we don't have mental health education in this country, that it also is filling a void with just straight bullshit. And I think the problem with that is, is that because going to therapy is hard, taking, making an appointment, coming into a room and telling a fucking stranger all of your shit, like that is fucking difficult. And having this vacuum of therapists are creeps or therapists just want to sleep with their clients or therapists are, you know, ruining your life or whatever the case might be. It's 
so upsetting. Nobody's telling the other side of the story, right? Because we don't talk about mental health. So I think that's the piece that really frustrates me. And on a consistent basis, get people, people who are either new to therapy or people who've been in therapy for a long time, who kind of sometimes will bring up some of those cliches that we see. And, and I'll have to kind of explain and be like, well, that's not really what this looks like. Or that is an example of Hollywood doing whatever the fuck they want, like they always do. So I think that's one of the things that really gets under my skin. I think I think it would feel I think it's definitely a point um, for me in the podcast to make sure that we are talking about what a healthy relationship with a therapist looks like, how important that is, how important fit is with the therapist. Um, and so I think I definitely feel like that's a part of what we're what we're trying to do. You know, what amount of responsibility does the entertainment industry have in terms of getting things right? And we talk about that in terms of history or in terms of especially lately, it seems like like with Bridgerton, I have real issues with sex scenes that really would confuse if you were like a teenager or something like what is sex even? And like, what are you showing here as like, you know, both a male and female partner getting what they need out of a situation like this is ridiculous. And it almost makes me like upset with them. And then I I have friends who will be like, well, come on, they don't they don't like sign some contract with you that they're showing everything exactly as it should be. But what responsibility do you guys think the industry has to show healthy choices for mental health? Obviously, characters are going to go off in different ways, and that's what can make them compelling. Right. So they can't always do the quote unquote healthy thing. But there's something to not just showing advice or therapists, you know, doing these like absolutely irresponsible choices. Do you guys hold writers accountable in that way? I wish that there were a way that people could recognize the impact that writing things irresponsibly as a trope that, oh, there's a therapist. So they're either going to cross boundaries or they're going to try to sleep with clients that that creates a narrative that people have in their head and a fear and it echoes the fears that I won't be safe even in therapy because at some point even here my boundaries will be crossed. I wish that people would recognize that stigma is a systemic problem that like no writers aren't solely responsible for it you know like we all know what's a story and what's not most of us Uh, but you know like people can play violent video games without then running out in the street and shooting people but the the thing is that we need to as a country recognize that the narrative we create that talking to mental health professionals is not safe is it's dangerous and it's a problem. And I, I see it all the time. I, I work with police uh, in my primary job and the narrative that exists that police are going to lose their firearms if they and get hospitalized if they talk to a mental health professional is so pervasive and dangerous. So in civilian world, the, I think the same that like, you know, a, a therapist of the opposite sex might try to sleep with you is, you know, it's every bit as dangerous as that. And I wish that we could correct it at a systemic level, writers included. Caroline's question from earlier about how mental health has changed over the time, how it's portrayed. Have you found that the stigmatism uh, associated with therapy as it's portrayed in movies and TV, but movies especially, has softened? The newer the movie is that you watch, do you see that therapy is treated better now as a concept because people are more as a society we're more accustomed to therapy so it's not like the voodoo kind of thing that it used to be kind of treated as it's 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 accepted now it's mainstream now uh i would say ultimately i don't think so man no okay why here's the thing the thing that i think is that there's still so many shows including recent ones where it's been the hot mess therapist 
And let's talk about, let's see how much of a disaster the therapist's personal life is and then see them treat their parent, their patients and see how interesting that is. Or uh, just like you with Dr. Nikki played by John Stamos, it's like, oh, wow, they did a great job. They did a great job. And then, God damn it. <laughs> like, look, he's sleeping yeah. with her. Like, he did such a good job as a therapist. And I was like, oh, go, John Stamos. Good job. And then here, are you fucking kidding me? I was, I was so mad about it. So, yeah, I would say ultimately, while some have a better perspective yeah no that trope that still is a narrative device it, it no and i would say there's more mental health in things now and i almost wonder if it's swinging the other way where it's kind of some hubris like an example would be like 13 reasons why keeps hmm. acting as if it's this big mental health awareness beacon and it's so dangerous and yeah. like hannah and i tried to watch like when it first came out like an episode we tried to watch it because it was so pervasive and we had clients that were talking about it like teenage clients and it made us so angry and also it was, we thought it was just a bad show and that show was like trying to act as if it is super aware and had like therapists on like consulting and then they ignored everything that mm-hmm. the therapist told them to not put in the show I think it's almost the other way around and where I think because mental health is becoming more mainstream, people think they know what they're talking about and putting more mental health into movies, but not necessarily appropriately. Well, I don't feel like there's been like a good example of a therapist yet that I've really seen anywhere. I mean, (laughs) even in the show Atypical, um, I don't completely disagree with what she which with how they show her relationship but there definitely are some boundaries that i wish she wouldn't have crossed and a couple of different things that definitely happen that i feel like especially with a young person again you wouldn't be that unfucking aware and it's upsetting because i think they had a real chance to show a healthy relationship they were they were trying but i think to be honest i think that entertainment as they always fucking do they take something that they can that they can spend they take something that they can for it literally just for entertainment purposes i mean even if we talk about um joker right everybody was ugh, so up their own asses about the joker movie and um <laughs> which if you listen to our episodes you'll know where all this is coming from the, um the joker is a steaming pile of trash and i hate it i wish it was yeah so <laughs> but, just, <laughs> but just how part, people hannah what'd you say Brittany? I said we found our people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that movie came out and then everybody was talking about mental health about that movie. And we got a bunch of requests to do it. And it was like, but it's not, (laughs) it's not good. It's telling the same story they always fucking tell, which is people who have mental health issues or have who, or who have severe mental illness are dangerous and they will hurt people and they will do all of these things. That is absolutely not the truth. It's never been the truth. And, and the entertainment industry continuing to use that as a vehicle for all of their bullshit is just, it's upsetting. I don't think it's their job to tell people the truth about mental health, but I also, but also because we don't fucking talk about mental health, there also isn't anything else to bounce it off of. I mean, think about the difference of having um, mental health, like when you had health class in uh, fifth grade or in high school, where there's a whole section on mental health. Because, I mean, it, like, I feel like if that piece was a little bit different, then people would understand better. But because people don't even know where to start with mental health, people have no idea about what it means, what the implications are, what it can be like for people, that they are the only ones who are screaming into the void and they're giving all of the wrong information. And they still are. And it's been consistent over time that they continue to do this. 
Yeah, and then get Joker again in our episode. We cover it. Like half of Joker is the most accurate mental health movie I've ever seen. Seeing that people are more likely to be the victim, people are more likely to do things, and then they just ruin all of that narrative by going like, and all that's just an excuse for why he's going to become violent. And like that's not how it works. Mental illness is not an excuse or an explanation for violence. The only predictor of violent behavior is past violent behavior. It has nothing to do with the fact that, oh, look, this person has bipolar, or look, they're, they're dealing with psychotic symptoms. It's, and oh, so now, yep, we knew it, they're violent. And it's, that's not at all accurate. And Joker, yeah, like, I, I loved the way they portrayed it in the first half. And in the second half, I again, found myself pulling my hair out and screaming and going like, God damn it. Like, why did you just undo all of the great, you want to like come out as a mental health movie, then be accurate, but nope. Yeah. Well, and you can see and you can see how it permeates culture. Like, so then we think about so this is how they portray people generally who have schizophrenia or or who are experiencing psychotic symptoms. And then, you know, when you go out in the world and you see people who maybe are hearing voices or having a hard time, people are inherently afraid of them. Why are they afraid of them? Because of fucking movies. It's just so imbalanced and it's so hard. Us doing the podcast makes me at least feel a little bit better that at least I get to say this shit to more than just like (laughs) Ben and Brittany. (laughs) Well, and maybe you guys are being the place where the information gets bounced off of like, hey, let's check in and make sure, Mm -hmm. like put it through the filter of like, was this accurate? Was this fair? Was this a fair portrayal? Or was this like a 1% incident of times that this would ever happen? I don't think people know. Mm. I think the general population really takes in entertainment as fact. It bothers me a lot. There was a lot of different things that we've been watching where I'm like, I'm getting more and more nervous about how many people take pop culture as they're reading a textbook. And what I see Uh is what is real. And that's it. And and that's frightening. My, My son is 12 and has just begun sex education in his school. But also when he's home, watches a ton of anime. He's a big anime fan. And Japanese anime, you know, sexualizes women and children to the nth degree. And it's something I have to like monitor. Like everything he watches, I have to like watch with him to, you know, toe the line on what he's doing. And I was sitting here listening to your podcast. and I was listening to you guys talk about Jonas in Sleepless in Seattle and Mm. dealing with the idea of sex and not understanding what it is. But his father needs some or needs some kind of companionship. (laughs) And and I was thinking, I was like, man, I, I... I need Tom to watch some anime show and then put him on like your podcast and like go listen to this episode about how TVs and movies depict sexuality, but it's not actually what it's like, <laughs> you know, because it's it's it because that's they get bombarded and you can't be there 24 hours a day to keep an eye on what they're watching between YouTube and access to cable on the Internet. Um, so I, I think the podcast is great for an outlet like that, you know, to, to kind of set the record straight on what is accurate or not i would say sex education is a great show about with accurate representation mm. now that you brought up sex education <laughs> sex education the, the, netflix, the, show. the netflix show yes yeah. no i watched the first mm-hmm. season and i really really enjoyed it and i thought it was a really honest portrayal of teens and discovering their sexuality it's british it's either british or irish right so yeah. Yeah, that, sure. that immediately loses so many american audiences unfortunately you know <laughs> they want to go watch true. bridgerton which is extremely also unhealthy british. 
<laughs> you also British, actively but head shaking. <laughs> actively like, oh, head shaking on uh, on you know sex, on teaching sexuality. So yeah, so you guys, uh, there's so many episodes that you have, and they're all great. I feel like I just picked one that I wanted to to listen to today, which was Sleepless in Seattle. But if you guys were thinking for your own personal like recommendation, lots of our podcasters say, "Man, don't listen to our first one. <laughs> like, don't start from the beginning because we weren't really like gelling yet." If you had to pick a jumping off point, Hannah, I want to start with you. Which episode for you do you feel like, okay, this is where we were popping. Like we knew exactly the flow of things. And I think that you'll really get drawn in. Which episode would you say? And then if you guys will go around. What would maybe be a good choice for people? It's like uh, a comedy. So maybe our Anchorman episode or Step Brothers. I feel like that might be a little bit easier way for people to like to not come in on something really heavy mm-hmm. that we're doing. So I feel like choosing one of those would really help people understand the format and also that those are like i think both of those movies were in our second season second or third season anchorman is season one Oof, i think it's a great question i feel like it's hard for me to say i always feel like it's wherever you're personally interested so our civil war one captain america civil war i think that's an excellent one and especially if you're into marvel and you kind of know the landscape because i like that one a lot because i think we go in a direction that's very different like we talk about them like they're all a family and like their roles if they were all in a family like steve is dad and tony's mom or i think or maybe we reverse it and how bucky's like the step kid from the previous marriage and Wanda is like the tr- also like the troublemaker that they don't know what to do with. And so I think I really like the angle we take on that one. So if you're into Marvel, I think that's a good jumping in point. If you're more like my mom who only listens to our rom-com episodes, I would say <laughs> Fatal Attraction is a really good one. Or our Cruel Intentions episode, I also really like. So those are those are two. Because Fatal Attraction actually is kind of similar to how we said with Joker, where they portray borderline personality disorder really well for like the first half and then it goes off into like into movie land where she starts like lifetime movie land (laughs) that's when it loses (laughs) you in terms of its accuracy uh, mental health wise but i think those are two good ones if you're not super into like superhero stuff or like fandom things like harry potter and um, hunger games like many podcasts like you guys said um you know people like oh our first episode I still feel like we hit it pretty hard in our first episode, but that everyone is so tired of talking about The Last Jedi because of the toxicity on social media. I'm going to say for me, thinking back and looking over our list here, going like, well, we've done like 62 movies now. So where do we start? Holy shit. Yeah. Psycho for me is one where I think that was the first time I remember like hitting a stride and we just went like straight up down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. we're like all right we're in the flow now because like something hit me an idea and then we just like we took an adventure together um down the rabbit hole of like well what if this happened then we went oh what okay here we go so psycho i think was a really fun one you guys can i ask you a really quick question since you guys all covered psycho yeah since we all think norman bates was probably in his early 20s right when we meet him right roughly probably mm-hmm. okay so then when the sheriff says that the mom died 10 years ago did Norman kill his mom at 12? He was probably like 15 if I had to guess. But Okay. Because it was know. driving me bananas. Because <laughs> when they go back in the house and they look at his room, it's all like a little boy's room. And I know that that's probably would have been an arrested development situation anyway, where she wouldn't have like let the room grow up or whatever. But there was still like mm-hmm. this thing where I was like, wait a tick. Was he just like a little boy when he killed them? I mean, and I still think 15 is a little boy. Oh my gosh. It was making me like really rack my brain. Well, it definitely would also say how much the town might have been neglecting him. 
like the community yes. if yes. he killed her that young and then just kind of like took care of himself from that point on. No one checked in on Norman after that. <laughs> like what mm-hmm. the heck? So weird. Sheriff's wife saw well, I picked out her dress and then no one talked to Norman again. <laughs> what? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Oh, so weird. I always interpret him as in his early 30s, so it felt more like like in his uh, like late teens or early 20s. But his development is obviously in a, such a strange place that he was – oh, that man's story is so sad. Yeah. You guys often agree. It's one of the things I like about the podcast is that it, it's almost like reaffirming that you guys come at things very similarly often. But I'm curious if there's been – and each of you can take this – if there's been uh, an episode where – you felt it was such an odd diagnosis that maybe someone came at or, or one that you just didn't understand or agree with that, that the conversation continued offline because you guys take these very seriously that you don't have fun with it, but you, you treat the subjects very seriously. And so I'm, I'm curious if it's ever come up where the discussion has continued after you guys stopped rolling. I mean, I think we're always talking like I'm, I think a lot of these some of these movies like the Star Wars movies and the Marvel movies are still happening. So we definitely keep talking about them post recording because they continue to evolve. I don't know if we ever because we actually tend to not debate, but we like chit chat for probably a good 30 minutes to an hour before we start recording every episode. And that's where we kind of iron out any disagreements because i would say that when we come together to record i will give ben total props he tends to see something that i've totally missed and so we will sometimes come together with very different ideas of how to approach the episode but we but i think we do a good job of blending in like what we all think is important topics i think we all just respect each other's viewpoint and so when we have like the themes for that episode sometimes one of those themes is just something ben wants to talk about something that hannah just wants to talk about something i just want to talk about but i think once we wrap our heads around all the themes we all work together to like be insightful and so I don't think we've ever outright agreed. We do have some episodes like I think the Anchorman episode and the Regina George Mean Girls episode where we debate what we think we see. And But I think it proves the point of how subjective mental health can be in terms of diagnosing, which I actually think is beneficial for audiences to kind of hear that you could see all of us individually and all three of us might give you a different diagnosis. And so that can bring a lot of insight into how much weight we give diagnoses. That kind of blows my mind just then. I'm like, wait a minute. Everyone could give me a different diagnosis. <laughs> I kind of love you know, that. Probably, like, be, not like completely different, but adjacent. I get you. Know, you. So yeah. One person might be like, well, I think this person is dealing with depression. And another person go, I don't know. The anxiety, I mean, depression's there. There's there's symptoms of sadness and stuff there. But maybe the anxiety is more. This, or maybe it's due to adjustment like that. That something is going on in their life and I feel like that is more attributable to the cause than say the biological causes of depression that like oh well they moved and they went through a breakup and then so they lost their job and like really they're depressed because of that and they're likely to get over it once they clear those things up rather than this person's probably dealing with depression for a long time so debating those intricacies would be where you might get like different diagnoses but not like a uh well this person thinks you have anxiety and uh well the other one thinks you have schizophrenia right right yeah like that wouldn't happen <laughs> that would be right. bad <laughs> right um there was you know there are there are, there are standards in the profession that, that we all agree on it's just like different ones of us might you you might give a different person different details because you're more comfortable with them and there that might sway the opinion to to answer the initial question I think, yeah, Brittany nailed it. We generally get along. And even if we don't agree, we give each other the space to to talk about it. And if we debate, we just 
go through it right in the moment. Uh, the only one I can think of where like I was feeling uh, like a little bit agitated was when we were talking about Beef for Vendetta in the beginning and Hannah Brittany had such a different, different take on it. And I'm like, I don't see what you see. What are you talking about? And then even still, like as we got into the show, like we like we're able to to hit our normal flow and like give each other the space and time to like kind of address everybody's points from the, the a balanced perspective of going like, well, that's your perspective. This is my perspective. I see this and I can see how you'd see that. But I don't think we ever get into a space where we're feeling like up, upset or disagreements that go beyond the show with each other. I think the only time maybe, Ben, is when Hannah and maybe my, I as well insinuated or Albright said that Batman, Bruce Wayne is suicidal and you got very... Oh, yeah. You uh, got really heard about, about that. that. Yeah, you sure oh, did. Because yeah, <laughs> that's right, because you're wrong. There's a, yeah. there's well, a Bruce Wayne that's, so that's still a debate we have. That's an argument. Oh, my still. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in general, I feel like there isn't really... I think there was one time where, Ben, where you yelled therapist fight. I think you and me were arguing about a diagnosis. We were definitely arguing about the difference between history histrionic personality disorder and narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder i think in in some i can't remember which episode it was we're just all on the same page in in terms of how we go about working with people in a lot of different ways and so and like Brittany said you know we don't um have a plan until we like go to record <laughs> we go to record we talk about what we you know we have a whiteboard we write down the things that we think are going to work um and also sometimes too to kind of point out different to have some of our ep- episodes be a little bit different from other ones too just to give people different things to listen about so i think we try to or really we try really hard to kind of also spread that out a little bit make sure we're not talking about the exact same thing in every episode Right, because like you asked me what my philosophy on what's going on in a general client's life, in particular what we see in a movie, is that it's always trauma. It's not always PTSD, but it's always trauma. We we could talk about trauma till we're blue in the face, but that doesn't give us any sort of like topic variety or uh, being able to address other people's experiences, except that it's always trauma. So you kind of touched on it, Hannah, a little bit about sort of talking about like, you know, memories and of the various podcasts and kind of like looking back. But I really want to hear some memorable moments for you guys, good or bad, things that went great, things where you were like, that was it, that like hit me so hard or like, oh, my God, that like, remember when you like fell off your chair and that was like so hilarious, whatever. So people can get a little bit of insight into you guys and the podcast and and just sort of like those kind of wacky moments or, or perfect moments that happen. I feel like a lot of the things that I feel like feel memorable are actually things that have happened as we've gotten more listeners and not necessarily something that happens in in an episode. Although I do think, um, was it Step Brothers, Ben, where you and me opened with the made up names that the two characters have? And then we laughed hysterically <laughs> and Brittany was just like, you guys, come on. Oh, yeah, like, you could call me Nighthawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we said. We like, introduced ourselves. Um, and then we I have a very really dramatic opening to the Halloween episode because I try to do the monologue, the open monologue that Dr. Loomis does, and I, I lose it about halfway through. Oh, my God. It was so funny. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but I feel like one of the things that we um, kind of just like behind the scenes a little bit is Mark Hamill liked one of our tweets. Oh, I don't wow. know, the second or third season. And um, me and Brittany at, happened to be together and we just kind of freaked out. We sent Ben a message. And so that was something that was just wild and um, just felt kind of just uh, surreal kind of in a way. So I feel like that's one of the things that has happened. I feel like when we get 
really sweet reviews that we share together, like where that just feels really good. Like there's a lot of stuff that helps, I think for me as a therapist, especially during this time, kind of highlight some of the positives about why, why I'm still doing this and why I still feel like it's important and why I still really like it. And then I think the other thing is the first time that we um, deleted a whole episode and had to re- <laughs> and had to re-record it i remember we were just like oh my god Um, when we had audio problems it just like was unsalvageable yeah Uh, that is the worst we can relate (laughs) it like steals your soul when that happens um yeah i think for so there's like my answer to this would be like twofold is because i think like within like our show is the moments when we like have a revelation that just pops into us. I think the, we had two, two of those in there, both with like the older movies. The one I talked about a little bit was psycho. And then when we did Jimmy, it's Stewart. a wonderful life. Thank you. That oh, what's one. wonderful life. Oh, what a bummer. It's, it's a wonderful life. And then like we went, that was another one where we just had like, we went on a little therapist adventure out of nowhere of like, well, what if the, and then uh, it went in a totally different direction than we planned. I think when those moments happen, it feels like really authentic and fun. Like the biggest shockers for me was something that happened. So uh, I realized I didn't answer the other question earlier, but I've, uh, I, went, I took a class in movies and mental illness in undergrad. So ever since then, I've been watching movies from like the mental health perspective. And then I read a book called Batman and Psychology by uh, a psychologist named Dr. Travis Langley, who I read that book and it's, it's amazing. It's like you're getting an undergraduate education in psychology in, in a book. And then also it's Batman. So we all know how I feel about that. But uh-huh. we went to Wizard World <laughs> and to, to watch him uh, do a panel. And then I you know, I went up, introduced myself, and we had tweeted our Batman Begins episode at him. And he listened to it and, like, knew our logo from the shirt I was wearing and then invited me to speak with, like, a panel on supervillains and, and psychology at Wizard World in front of, like, 200 people. I just like, yeah, come back tomorrow and speak with us on this panel. Like, what it was awesome <laughs> we, we've made connections including with him i just did a, an episode with him on a one of our friends podcast which is called capes on the couch with a psychiatrist and a, another attorney who's a huge comic book fan and uh you know nerd like the rest of us and we just did a batman roundtable with dr langley and now uh in the near future i you will probably hear all three of us uh speaking on panels just like that in the future because we've been essentially added to a stable to kind of be part of those conversations all three of us to have that happen to be legitimized like that of having somebody who's legit made his career on that recognize us was incredible uh-huh. if you had the ability to go into any movie and play the therapist in that movie what movie would you pick and why? Probably, I mean, in Step Brothers. I mean, like, that's not the point of the, that's not the point of the movie, which we talk about a lot in the episode. <laughs> the point of the movie is to be funny and silly. But just how I would want to go in and just, and even just like put in the piece of the boundaries between, not only between the therapist and um, the character, the main character, but between the family. I think that's one of the things that really got under my skin about how the family was kind of egging him, like, pushing him to be in a relationship with a therapist um, that he was also seeing individually. So I feel like that would be 
any any idea that a therapist and a family are kind of like uh, colluding together against a, against a client or trying to get them to do something that's not healthy just feels really bad. So <laughs> I think that's that's the only one that I can think of off the top of my head. I would love to be the Star War uh, the Star Wars therapist. I would love to talk to Ben Solo. I'd love to talk to Ray. I'd love to just or even like the Avengers therapist. One of those two, where I could just like make a little office <laughs> in like the <laughs> Avengers Tower. You'd have a never-ending line. Never-ending line. All those characters are hurting. And I think it would be in those kind of settings, like superhero settings, as we saw with like WandaVision and like, you know, I include Star Wars in that as well, is there's not a lot of time taken about that part of it and how traumatic it is to live those lives. And it would be interesting and it, I guess fun to be kind of like the staff therapist in one of those settings. I think that I would like to be a therapist that works with William in The Departed, which is actually going to be the next thing we're going to record. Because just the the example of therapy given in that and the way they depicted the therapist in that was just one of the worst things I've ever seen with therapists and uh, departed Mm -hmm. is going to be one of those movies that we tear apart spoiler alert um given that i actually do work with police and do do critical incident briefings and work with people that work have worked undercover and people have been through all sorts of just constant traumas like seeing the way that that was handled and the impact that that had on his life given all that he'd given for you know his city and the the stadies there like for me like wanting to get into that world and and help that would be absolutely the movie therapist i would like to be let's let's help somewhere where help is really needed guys thank you so much for coming Mm -hmm. on today and talking to us for interview with the podcast where can people find you guys where can they find the podcast on social media on podcasts networks yeah how can they how can they track you down how can they uh, interact with you guys not in a creepy stalker way but just on social media well, you can find us. Well, a lot of people find us on Spotify, but we're on anywhere that you access your podcasts in terms of podcast apps or Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and stuff like that. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Popcorn Psychology, Twitter at Popcorn underscore Psych. Um, we all, I also started a TikTok page for us. You can find Popcorn Psychology on TikTok. Um, and then we don't have a website technically, but you can email us at popcornpsychology at gmail.com. And that's where you can send like requests you have or or any like in-depth like um messaging you want to give us is usually best through that format guys thank you so much for coming on i hope you had a good time uh everyone now listening go definitely check out popcorn psychology you can find it everywhere and uh thanks for listening to interview with the podcast thank you guys thank you thanks thank you thanks bye guys thank you for listening this has been an original pod clubhouse production Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.